It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight are Sean, Liam, and John. How you all going, boys? Yeah, good. Glad to be back. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. I learned an interesting fact, if you'd like to hear it. Go on. Yeah. Oh, oh, go on, go on. I learned that the Greek word for bear is arctos, meaning arctica is the, means has bears. Which means that Antarctica means doesn't have bears. <laughs> All right. Yep. So Arctica and Antarctica are literally named after whether they have bears or not. So we so, so we're saying yeah. that we hope that on Sunday afternoon that Celtic Park ends up like Antarctica then essentially. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> How are you, Liam? Good. Good. Uh, finished up the school year on Friday, so uh, no more classes until second week of April, so uh, just sitting at my desk, doing nothing and getting paid. Always good. <laughs> happy days. Yeah, that's the dream. Uh, Before we keep on, um, happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone out there listening mm. to the podcast. Um, yeah, feels weird. Paddy's being on a uh, Wednesday and not being off, you know, drunk off my ass at the moment, so yeah. strange. But anyway, that is what it is. So, hope everyone has a good day and um, has enjoyed a, a few more drinks than me. <laughs> All right. So, what we'll do is we'll get straight into the podcast. So, we've got a um, couple of discussion points and then preview the uh, derby later on in the podcast. So, I'll throw it to you, Liam. You had something there that you wanted to uh, discuss. All right. So, Liam's just dropped offline. <laughs> so, we'll uh, – technical difficulties, everyone. So Good start. Guys. Liam. Good start. <laughs> 
said through our group chat earlier today that he was reading that LeBron James is now bought into the company that owns Liverpool, so Fenway Sports Group. There's also the story of Ryan Reynolds buying Wrexham. So what Liam wanted us all to on the podcast do was discuss if Celtic took on a celebrity investor, who should it be and why? Mm. So I just stole your thunder there, Liam, with the okay, question. Okay. But, yeah, we'll all answer that later on on the podcast, all four of us. Right. So first topic of conversation. On CelticDownUnder.com, Liam and Sean have been writing some articles and Sean put out an article probably about late last week. Story headline, 14 reasons that COVID killed the 10. I'll throw to you, Sean, and we'll all just discuss it off the back of how that went. Yeah, just <clears throat> I've been, I got uh, thanks to Axon for sharing it, uh, but not really thanks for all the people that gave me feedback on the Axon post. Uh, it wasn't the most kind feedback. Uh, I think they kind of missed the point that I was getting at. I wasn't trying to excuse Lowell and Lennon. I was trying to list all the contributory reasons why uh, this season was exceptional and that it contributed to, you know, <laughs> how bad we've been, you know. Not just, you know, we've not been pipped on the last day. We we're 20 points behind and lost it with six games left to play or seven, whatever it is. Or <laughs> six. But yeah, awful. So... I actually sat down and I was I was thinking, yep, 10 reasons that COVID killed the 10. And then as I was going through it, I ended up with 14. Um, just kept tacking them on as they became uh, apparent to me. Uh, the first two were the fans not being there, you know. One that our fans have an obvious positive impact and uh, their fans have a very negative impact on their team and so, so much so that their captain stated it in his match day program last year uh the pressure gets to them the, the main one that i thought about uh apart from that was the griffiths you know like how him and edward in those three months last year were absolutely dismantling teams uh i think we were averaging uh 3.4 goals per game in that spell after dubai uh before the shutdown and then when we came back griffiths didn't come back and you know that killed that uh, on top of that, we didn't really reinforce the back three that we were determined to play. So that kind of killed that formation too, so the recruitment-wise, losing uh, uh, the players that we lost at the back as well as uh, Craig Gordon, who probably would have played pretty much every game once Barkas was found out. Johnny Hayes lost to the dressing room, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, do you want me to keep going through the list or do you want me to just... We'll just rattle through the headlines on all of them. Yeah. And then what we'll do at the end of it is we'll just we'll go around the room here and just go through. So John will say what he probably thinks the two biggest or three biggest of these issues were, then Liam the same, then I'll do the same, and we'll just discuss it that way. Cool. So, yeah, the next one, was we normally have uh, eight Champions League qualifiers and normally f- roughly five of them are before we've even played a domestic game. So... Because it's against Diddy teams usually as well, that's basically our, a competitive pre-season for us. And this year we didn't have any Champions League games whatsoever before our first uh, domestic game. And we only had four qualifiers in total anyway. Uh, so we didn't get that. Uh, that early finish last year probably kept Gerard employed because what we were 11 points ahead when it got called. And 
we were on fire. So we'd have probably taken another six points off them. They'd have probably dropped a few more. We'd have been the ones 20-plus points ahead, and Gerard would have been gone, and they'd have been scrambling this year. Uh, it's well known that being behind in terms of games played is a disadvantage. So Bolingoli, the SFA and Scottish Government, put his two games back right at the start. And then uh, the deferred Scottish Cup into this season uh, made that worse, put his three games back. Uh, furthermore, when Lennon, when the protests against Lennon started, when they attacked the bus, that would not have happened if fans were in the stadium, because they would have been able to voice their opinions in the stadium instead of doing what they did and causing Desmond to dig in his heels and keep Lennon employed for another three months, four months. Uh, having international players in this season has been a handicap as well, because you're sending players off, traveling on a metal tube with circulated air for hours on end and staying in hotel rooms and mixing with squads from different countries so the Sevco and other teams in the league have had fewer international players less mixing less covid less isolation periods and also every international window now has three games into it instead of two so there's a fatigue issue there as well uh dubai don't really need to say much about that to be honest uh january transfer window only one player in on loan, three out, so that's quite unusual. Normally we have a net gain, uh, even if it is mostly loan players. We normally come out of transfer window with more players in January. New arrivals being unsettled, stuck in hotels. I don't think it's any coincidence that of the six players that arrived, uh, the only one that's really settled in is David Turnbull, uh, who didn't have to move house. And then the, the last reason is that there's just a straight-up curse on the ten. Uh, we failed in the 70s the Huns failed in the 90s and we failed again now and Juventus are looking like they're going to fail this year as well so it seems like the number 10 in terms of leaks is just a curse it might also be that the, there's something to the Strachan and Alex Ferguson theory that teams just have a, a 3 year cycle and if you can put 3 of those cycles together you're doing exceptionally well and doing 4 is just not possible really or statistically unlikely. So, like I'm saying, not excusing. Let's just be clear. Number one reason we lost the league, Lennon and Lawwell. Or that's number they're both joint number one reason. But all of those reasons contributed to you know, because Lennon was there, Lennon and Lawwell were both there last season when we won the nine. So they were able to coast by last year and they weren't able to this year, and a lot of reasons contributed to that. All right, so we'll throw to you, John, to get you to pick out two or three of them that you think are the main reasons that have all the main ones for you. Yeah, right. Um, well, look, I think, first of all, I think it's, yes, of course, the biggest reasons are Lennon's incompetency and Lawwell and the board's failure to act and do anything. That's that They're, they're the biggest reasons, of course. Um, but I... I it's mad to think. It's it, it's just crazy if any fan doesn't think that COVID didn't have any uh, like um, effect on this season whatsoever. That it's only down to uh, like the incompetency of individuals and stuff. That that just can't be the case because if you look at football across Europe and the world, it's not true of teams that have been dominating their um, their leagues and stuff. So. Yeah, look, I, I, 
first that's the first thing i've got to say it's like it covid has ha- had an effect no matter what you want to believe and how angry you feel um i also think people need to understand like the intent of the article was here's like the contributory reasons why it's not that they're all equally weighted it's not like his 14 equally weighted reasons why <laughs> this we we've fuck the 10 but these are here's all the little things that have added up to make a big problem so you know like I, we've all been <laughs> saying these things throughout the season oh that's shite why did it be good if that had happened and um so yeah like i for me i think the biggest reasons are no fans in the stadium uh, which had to have happened but everyone's had that problem but it seems when you compare um if you compare like uh, like say how Liverpool's going just now where you know they it seems what teams were at the very top are suffering from having no fans and teams that are fighting to get the top positions seem to be doing a lot better because they're not like they don't have that pressure from their own fans and stuff um so yeah i would say for me fans is the biggest one i'd also say like um i mean i was looking forward to the um Griff and Eddie partnership. So that, that I, I do. And I think with the, you know, without having three defenders sort of really solidified at the back, I think that's that formation probably fucked it for us there. Um, and another one you think, I mean, I, I, yeah, we said it, we said it last season when, um, when Rangers went back a few games, it's like, well, you know, would rather have the points on the the table and stuff. So I think the Bolongoli shit for sure fucked us from the beginning. It started a precedence. So yeah, I would say those are the, and I would, I would weight those equally. (laughs) So yeah, Lennon and Lawwell, 50%, those three weighted equally. What's your take, Liam? Um, now, to me, the, the big factor of any team that wants to win a league is momentum. You get a couple of wins early, then you build and you build and you build, and that gets you through a whole season. Um, Celtic this season have never had any opportunity. Uh, because of our own, because we lost games of our own volition, but we never built any kind of momentum. You know, we win our first game of the season, and we say, all right, here we go, ready to go. Then the ball and goalie thing happens. We get that out of the way. Bang. The Scotland COVID outbreak happens just before our first game against the Huns. They beat us and we're staggering for the rest of the season from then on out. Now, yeah, we shouldn't have been in that position because we should have been better managed to begin with. We should have strengthened, I would say, even before the start of the season. I think the cracks were there about 18 months ago to see quite clearly that it was a team that needed freshening up um, because on one hand we have gifted Rangers the league this year to a certain extent they gifted it to us last year because we were not as good as the point margin suggested last season I don't think um, we were good enough to win the league but we were not as far clear as the league showed we were I think that was a false a false image and sadly the board and to a certain extent the players bought into that and we were made to realise this season in the harshest possible terms, we are not anywhere near as good as we think we are. Um, And 
so yeah, I think definitely these factors that have been raised in the article, they are contributing factors. But to me, it's like a cascade. They're all linked. And it all starts from us not preparing properly at the start of the season. Um, and also, like, at very key moments in this season, things have happened to us and they've happened to other teams as well, but other teams have dealt with them better than we have. Like the no fans in the stadium. That has, that has galvanised Rangers, right? They, are, they play a lot better without the pressure of supporters. Whereas we need that 12th man to kick us on and we don't have it and it's, we're suffering because of it. Um, you know, the whole thing of players getting, you know, taken out because of COVID after international duty. The fact that Rangers had so few players that were actually capable of getting into international teams worked in their favour because they were not being exposed to COVID. You know? Um, something is dodgy about the, 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 the extremely low number of positive cases they've had and the seeming, how can I put this, the way that the rules are being applied to them in terms of isolation and quarantine, quite differently to how I feel they're being applied to Celtic and to other teams in the league. Um, there's an inconsistency there and there's also an inconsistency in reporting results as well. But that's all... Like, like I think we all agree, it's an element, but it's not the defining element. If we had just played as well as we should have, we would still have won the league this season, COVID or not. And we didn't, so we didn't. End of story. Yep. Absolutely got to agree with you. It's on us more than anything. Like, we should have. The players we've got, the squad we have, these 14 factors that Sean put in this article, while they're all played a part in it they they're not the main issue as you as you said john it's the 50 percent of it at least is lennon law and the players yep but then for me going through this the three main things for me is you guys have both touched on the fans so i'll leave that one there but the things that were key for me was that okay being a couple of games behind because of the ball and golly thing then when you look at it and go, Dubai absolutely ruined us, put us even further behind with players out. We dropped so many points then, even though Lennon should have gone at that point. And then on top of that, we have the unsettled new arrivals, which not being able to go out, get a place, go out to dinner, whatever, socialise with your teammates, your new teammates, get to know them so you can build up those relationships. Like I know any time I've started a new job, you feel awkward in your new job for at least the first month or so while getting to know everyone and figuring out where you fit into the whole who's the banter merchants, who's serious and doesn't joke around, what the lay of the land is. Well, these guys have had come, some of them come from different countries. Well, five of them have, and they don't even have that opportunity. So I think those three elements to me are probably huge factors on top of it. Can I just add? highlight a fact here that we had like all the players that we had missing COVID I'm not going to go through it through isolation and catching it they we had how many players have we had violate the regulations one no. one yeah. one ball and golly yeah yeah, yeah. I'm just going to point out, out. Sev, Sev, out sorry 
got about twenty something out at one point, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, so we've had one one violation, and we've had, you know, we had two games uh, cancelled by SFA slash government. We had three games where we were down to a B squad, and we've only had one player do one stupid COVID violation. Sevco have had seven players do stupid COVID violations. They've not had to put a B squad out at any point. They had a full team play a game against the rules and didn't suffer any punishment. Yeah, they had a full squad play without testing. They're the establishment they're team. They've they've broke the rules more than us. Uh, I don't. They're, yeah, I don't it's know. always going to go that way, isn't it? Madness. I also Can I just chuck think... in another another reason why? Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it was going to be just a throwaway comment. I also think it's cursed. I I truly do. I I I, I buy in a little bit to the Strachan theory about the cycles and stuff I, th- I, th- I think 10 is just impossible at a certain level what were you going to say Sean statistically it seems uh, I was actually going to chuck in another reason that we didn't win the 10 that's not COVID related uh, Inverness Cali Thistle 2011 when we could have uh, been on the other 10 end. last year yeah the other end of it so I was going uh, away try to go away from recency bias and think Thinking back to that season, we were actually eight points clear at one point in that year. And then we lost 2 out to Motherwell. And then Samaras misses a penalty at Ibrooks, And then we lose up in Inverness and we lose the league by one point. So. Well, that's that's not good to remember. <laughs> what do you do me? Now I just feel like, why did you do that to me? I'm just feeling like... <laughs> <laughs> As if this season hasn't been hard enough. Now you go, and we fuck at the other end too. Both sides of the nine. You've got a headache, mate. Here's a kick in the balls to take your mind off it. There you go. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. So we'll leave that topic there, talking about oh. that article. It's good read, Sean. Thanks for putting it up. Um, Liam, there was another article that you put up online on our SelicDownUnder.com website. Mm-hmm. One I just wanted to touch on with you, which was one that you put a gathering storm. Should the Glasgow Derby go ahead? Now, I'll just jump in on this one now because I yep. just just because I've got something in my head on this one at the moment. We had um it's still not hundred percent confirmed the game's gonna go ahead. That's what I'm watching the news for at the moment. So when we preview the game later on, that's if it goes ahead based on the current facts here on St. Patrick's Day in Australia at like almost 10 p.m. East Coast time. So um, what I'd like to do, though, is if the game goes ahead, as we said last week, stay in the house, stay home, Celtic fans. If those flogs want to go out there and be absolute dickheads and just, you know, cause all sorts of trouble, great. Because I'm going to say it, we... Won the nine last year, and the amount of stuff I saw online where oh, it's only eight point seven five titles in a row because they didn't play out a full season. After this game, it's the exact same point with there's a quarter of the season to go. If they go and play up, and Sturgeon cracks it and cans the rest of the season, you haven't won a title. You've won zero point seven five titles. <laughs> I just want to give it back to those people. Get it up, yes. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. other than that, I'll. Just let you give your, your article a little rundown, yes, Liam. 
Right. Well, basically, I I was saying that um, my now I've gone kind of back and forth on this. It was about a week ago that I wrote the article at the time of us doing this show, and um, I've gone kind of back and forth in my head a few times over whether the game should be played or not. With the league title settled, there is no actual sporting necessity for this game to go ahead. Right? It could be wiped from the record. And it would not it it wouldn't affect Rangers placing, and it most likely wouldn't affect our placing either because we're far enough clear in second place. Um, but it um, and it has the potential for trouble because, as I mentioned in another article that I wrote recently, um, unfortunately for Rangers, uh, being aggressive, being violent, and being triumphalist is how a large section of their support identify themselves as being Rangers fans. It's about being aggressive towards their enemies rather than being in favour of their own club. And that would manifest in the worst possible way on Sunday, I think. And of course, Celtic fans are going to react to that, so we have to go and defend our stadium. And I can under I can totally understand the thinking behind that. I'm not going to do it. I would ask them not to do it. But the level of anger and the level of just utter piss-taking that the Huns and the Scottish government and the Scottish police have performed over the last 10 days, you know, I've still yet to hear a single person identify that nonsense that went on last weekend as a riot. It's celebration or party. No, it was a riot, right? They trashed the city centre. That was a riot. There's no other word for it. But they will not, no one in Scotland has the guts to actually say that. And I don't think Rangers should be allowed to come to Celtic Park and play us and rub our noses in it. Because I don't think they deserve that privilege because, quite frankly, their fans do not deserve it the way they've acted. Now, I'm going to add something here that's not in the article, just something I've been thinking about. I'm going on the assumption the game's going to go ahead because I think we're about 80 to 90% sure it's going to go ahead as things stand right now. Assuming it goes ahead, um, sorry, if by some, by some reason it doesn't go ahead, I would say Celtic should insist that they are awarded the three points for the fixture. Because at no point in the last 10 days have Celtic done anything wrong. None of our fans wrecked the city. None of our fans vandalised any statues. None of our fans went online and gave players sectarian abuse. Right? That was all on them. Rangers and their support started this. And the club threw petrol on the bonfire by refusing to condemn any of it and just putting it down to over-exuberant celebrations. Right? That is utterly contemptible. Celtic did no wrong. If the game is cancelled, we should get the three points. What do you think to that, boys? I don't want the three points if it gets cancelled. I'd rather... Uh, I mean, it's definitely going to go ahead because of Sky TV but uh, and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but I'd rather... Uh, I share Jared's opinion. I'd rather if it gets cancelled, it just gets scrubbed and we just finish the year with games missing and then we can just be like, yep, well, you didn't you didn't finish the season, you know? Like, get up, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there is something to be said for that as well. But um, on another note, where do you guys stand on this whole guard of honor thing? Because that's been real. Ah, yeah, 
you know, here's the thing, right? I've got a few mates who are who are Rangers supporters. I say Rangers supporters rather than Huns, as we talked about last week, right? Fair-minded guys who just happen to support Rangers. And none of them, none of them give a shit about this whole idea of the Guard of Honour. They don't care. They just want to go to Celtic Park and beat us. That's all they want to do. Um, the only people I see talking about this Guard of Honour are the absolute like, lunatic fringe of both sets of supporters and the press. The media are stirring this up yeah, just to try and create more tension where there doesn't need to be any. And to me, that's that's almost a form of incitement, the way they're acting. Because there's, there's no one's it's talking just, about it. You know? It's just the, the media is purely doing what the media you know, does, which is there's controversy controversy because Rangers, you know, quote unquote stopped the ten and now how do we how do we spin a story out of this or how do we squeeze a story? So we can Rangers have never given each other or in recent times guards of honors. No. So what the fuck what, what, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Nobody no neither side is gonna do it to each other like just fucking <laughs> I it'd be I'd Truly, be affronted. This, it's not. A, it's not a. It's not a situation, a class, or anything like that. It's. Um, I don't want. Why would you give a rival, a, like applause, on an accolade? You wouldn't. You just don't do it. It's. The, I want players to be up for it. I want them to be. Why would I? Why would I want any of my players to congratulate losing something? No way. I don't, yeah, that's um, an old. Anyone who's a wrestling fan who listens to this, there's an old saying from there: "Controversy creates cash," mm-hmm. and that's all this is with the media. They're just trying to stir stir the pot, use that old firm moniker, and just roll people up to get things to happen. So people have to tune in, and it becomes must see TV. So then they can charge more money on the advertising at the halftime pregame whatever it is, and next thing you know, the TV people are getting more money. So that's all it is. More papers will get sold, more TV people will tune in to watch it on TV. It's That's all it is. It's got nothing to do, in my opinion, with anything other than that. Yep. Yep, totally. I mean, I think the obvious solution here is to just chuck the game down to England and then the fans can't really, and, you know, just put up a temporary police at the border you know <laughs> police check at the border I, I don't the Sky TV still get their money and then the Huns can't they can go to Celtic Park if they want there's no one there at Villa Park or down at Southampton or something like that well because you know there's plenty of adults who are comfortable down at Southampton I'm sure Fraser <laughs> Forster could show the ropes down there <laughs> but maybe not Southampton but like Manchester is <laughs> just as close as Dingwall do you know what I mean so like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't see the problem in that. No, there is there is some merit maybe, to that. There is definitely some merit to maybe that. Maybe we can even get an English referee while we're at it. Oh, that's not that much better. Oh. I I you, think um, fans are ter- <coughs> fans are turning up. I think that's I think that's a given. I'd say so. I, um, which is appalling. It's absolutely appalling. And I, I um, as much as I do think that some people. Um, some Celtic fans will feel that they need to protect the stadium. It's not their position to, um, and 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 also it's a fucking building. At the end of the day, 
It, it's, we're, yeah. it's, we're not through the pandemic yet. Why we've would you turn up? We've got insurance. Don't go. Yeah. Let let them do what they want. Give them the rope to hang themselves. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, don't go. Just just let exactly. them do it. Let them do it. Let them show themselves up. Um, let let the press fucking slaughter them, which they won't. But whatever. Let's let the press. Let the, the foreign press, press slaughter them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just and 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 leave it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just sit, stay home, watch it, sit in a. Oh, we allowed, they're not allowed in pubs yet. Whatever. But like you know, just don't go. <laughs> like don't don't bother. It's not worth it. You know, talking about that, there is a thing. There's like a. I don't know if you guys have seen this on Facebook. There are there's memes that have emerged in the last few days after what happened in London with that that women's protest, and this is like Americans that I know who have no they don't even know who Rangers and Celtic are right, but they're 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 po- they're posting the two pictures of the Huns rampaging in George Square, and these women getting manhandled at this protest in London, and it's like angry white men versus peaceful women. This is what happens. You know, Rangers have become the fucking poster boys for toxic masculinity. And yeah. I think that's that just speaks to what you're saying. Just let them do it. Let them damage themselves because they are now an international hit in the worst possible way. <laughs> so it, it links to the next point we're covering anyway, but what, what annoys me and something that would really... It annoys me, but also mm, we need to do it and we need to be aware of it, is that stuff like the Guard of Honor, we need to do it. We need to show that we are better. And that these are the way by our actions, we can show that we are better. And the reason we need to do it is because of this old firm uh, idea slash name. Okay. So this whole, you're two sides of the same coin. You're both in bed together. To separate ourselves, we need to do actions which show we are not the same as them. Mm. You know? Mm. That just feels dead wrong inside me, though. That that's <laughs> I would I just yeah I don't know. I, you, I mean, obviously, you're absolutely right. We we do need to move towards being better. But <laughs> oh, the, the, play, the players can say, but they, they could be clapping their hands and going, "Fuck you, you're a dick." <laughs> yeah. I mean, like anything that you know, whatever they want, like they can say, whisper things, whatever they want, or you know, like cross their fingers behind their back. Or, I don't know, but like you need to. Be showing that you're the not the same, you know, you're not yeah. on that level. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, I'd rather punch myself in the dick repetitively <laughs> for like 20 hours than, you know, see our team do that. It's compl- <laughs> just because who they are and who they think they are, if that makes sense. It's a comparable level of suffering, Jared. I don't, I don't disagree. <laughs> I think, I think the point though of uh, moving away from the um. The, the quote-unquote old firm rivalry and and you know redefining what that is and and moving away from it is a, obviously a massive positive for sure yeah well, even yeah we need to get out of that bed and look lawwell is the one that's put us in that bed i don't need to go into the details people the history is there and it's been going back you know a long time back to when we had like joint sponsorship deals with ntl and tenants and stuff like that where they're like, yeah, we can get more money together and let's go down to England together and all this stuff. And then the fans, I think it was about 2008, um, I was aware of the, and I joined in with my voice and the whole say no to the old firm kind of thing. Like, you know, we are Celtic, we are not half of the old firm. Uh, and I was listening to the BBC coverage, ooh, when was it, two days ago? Did you hear it, John, the, the one that opened with Nicola Sturgeon? 
in the the first time yeah, she does, like in the first thirty seconds, by a little bit. is she? Yeah. But yeah, sorry. She was talking. She was answering I, I, questions I about whether the game should yeah. go ahead or not. Yeah, but in the first so, thirty seconds, um, she saw... says she refers to Celtic and Sevco as a collective, and then she like kind of corrects herself and you know caveats it a bit to excuse her slip. You know, like oh, it's, we don't want uh, any misbehaviour from Celtic and Rangers fans, and uh, and then, oh, of course it was the Rangers fans last week, but you know in gen- in the future we don't want either and. And then the David Hamilton, yeah. who's the chairman of the Scottish Police Federation, he came on after her, and he again referred to. So this time he wasn't even talking about the fans. He referred to quote unquote the club's behaviour, as in referring to the plural of Celtic and Rangers. Uh, and then he also had to correct himself. So he literally the actions of Rangers last week. He Sevco. He combined that with Celtic and condemning the actions like we weren't involved in any way and he literally out loud put us together yeah and then the, the guy the guy that i'm going to go for and because i really don't like him and i'm i don't care if you can enunciate his words i cannot stand richard foster every time he has been the replacement for neil mccann I hate Neil McCann, but I, I hate Richard Foster even more. Now, I'm not going to say, like, it's not because he's an ex-Rangers player, because there's some of them that are not bad, you know, like, can't stand uh, Charlie Nicholas, can't stand Craig Burley, ex-Celtic players as pundits. It's the words that come out of their mouth, not what they've done in the past for me as mm. pundits, you know. Michael Stewart, Kenny McIntyre, some of the best pundits, um, nothing to do with Celtic, but... Richard Foster, that guy is an absolute Rangers mouthpiece. After he said that Kemar Roof should have got off with that leg-breaking tackle and Ayeti should have been suspended for diving, I've not really respected uh, a priori anything he said. And then two times in a week, he's been on the radio excusing the behaviour of the Sevco fans and the rioting, saying it's okay. All right, so going into the weekend, we've got the... Uh third Glasgow derby for the season. So what I'll do is we'll go around the room, just talk about a few things. So we'll throw to you first, Sean. What's your favourite memories and favourite goals from previous Glasgow derbies? And key words are Glasgow derby, not old firm. So it has to be after 2012? Yeah, exactly. Oh, most of my memories are pre-2012. I've never... <laughs> I can both in then fine, no worries. I've I've not be, I've obviously not been to one in a lot and since two thousands maybe. Um, uh, I still I still remember the first one I went to. We actually ended up losing it, but um, uh, it I'd been to like over a hundred Celtic games before that, and I'd never been to a derby. And then just so I'm used to walking in the same spot up the stairs to the same seat, and as soon as I walk up the stairs and I'm out in into the stadium I just like it just hits me like this wall that there's just different it's like there's pheromones in the air that just aren't normally there there's this pervasive atmosphere of hatred even when there's no sound it's like you can literally smell the different atmosphere I was just literally took two steps back I was like whoa what is going on here like I was inch of pond scum but like it's there's just it's difficult to describe man like there's not even words for that I was just so taken aback and we, we did end up losing that game. I think it was Natural Novo and Gregory Vignal or something. Vignal scored. But um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. One of my, uh, yeah, another memory, one of my 
I don't I wouldn't say it's my favorite memory, but one that stands out for me was when uh oh what year was that? Two thousand two thousand and one, Martin O'Neill's first year? Yeah, two thousand and one. So August two thousand and one. And we were I was still under eighteen at the time, so we try to get to this pub that lets lets kids in because it serves food. And uh so my brothers who are one year younger than me and my dad and me are all running down to get to the game. Uh, we're typically late because my dad's always late. And I'm like, we're, we're late, we're late, we need to get there. And my, my brother's like, oh, what are you going to miss? We're only 10 minutes late. Walk in, 12 minutes <laughs> on the clock, 3-0 Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> turn around, I just turned around and looked at him. I was like, and uh, he's never lived that down, to be honest. I bring it up all the time. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's that. They're honestly, they're my two strongest and abiding memories uh, apart I could go into all the goals that I love, but you know, and great games and stuff. But those are the two that stand out for me, which are probably different for everyone else. How about you, John? Um, well, I got a couple. I had to think about this. I thought, um, you know, there's been a lot of really good recent uh, Glasgow derby games. Um, you know, the five nil, four nil, all of those games were great to watch. Um, but I thought. I think I've, I mean, I've told the story before, but when I used to work at Glasgow Airport um, and I was in the office and it was the game where we were playing at Ibrox and um, I can't remember who got sent off. Someone got sent off like 60 minutes in and, and then Edward comes on. We were 2-2 and Edward comes on. and uh, Jozo. Jozo, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jozo got sent off and um, and I'm, I'm sitting in the office and I'm, you know, I'm trying to do admin and stuff and it's, it's, it's an airport. Edward comes on and scores a screamer and we go on and win it. But I, I scream and cheer so loud that all the airport security run in to fucking see what's going on. And um, that was, that's a good memory. I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed that game watching that. But then I thought, um, I thought a couple of other ones for me as well. I think growing up in England as well, where a lot of mates obviously followed English football and I never did. I would always big up how, you know, Scottish football and it'll be that banter of blah, 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 Scotland shit and stuff. And um, I've always had a lot of English mates that weren't like that and really wanted to watch um, uh, a, a Glasgow derby. And one of my mates from um, London, he came up and he we managed to get him a ticket. So it was his first time I ever took one of my mates growing up to go watch um, Celtic Rangers at Celtic Park he absolutely fucking loved it and it was just a, a lot of vindicate. I mean, the, the game ended up being a draw, but, and, and he, he said that the atmosphere was brilliant. And I, even, even then I remember thinking this is a nervy atmosphere. I can feel how nervy the fans are and stuff, but he thought it was brilliant. He thought it was great and stuff. So that was, um, that was definitely a highlight of that, um, of, you know, derby games for me. Um, and then I tried to think about one, my earliest now. And I, and I, I don't know if I remember this, like, or it's one of those sort of implanted memories. But remember the um, Gascoigne flute game? Yep. Yeah, we all fucking remember that. Um, <laughs> now, I remember for whatever reason, um, my dad and my uncle being furious and not really understanding why. Because it was like, what, 98 or 99 or whatever it was. And they were just yeah. 90, and they were just dead, um, dead, dead angry. And I couldn't really understand why it was. And I seem to remember Lambert's goal being an absolute screamer, like a volley, and everyone cheering and stuff. And I don't really remember the game that well because I was quite young at the time. But um, I would say that's the that was the earliest remember m- m- earliest memory I have of my family members 
sort of getting like really <laughs> aggro and stuff and um, animated because of um, a derby game. But yeah, that's those are probably my um, yeah, that's probably the best memories I would say. Apart from just you know pumping them five nil and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that I am. sorry. Yeah, that so just to add on to John's that three two game that you're talking about with Jozo and Edward. Yeah, yeah. that was the the first time uh, after I'd met my wife. Uh, so it was three or four years or whatever. The first time that they'd been challengers to us since yeah. we'd met. So it was the first time she'd seen me behaving properly. <laughs> um, in, in response to a, a Glasgow derby. And she was like, what the hell is this? Are you putting this on? I don't understand what's going on here. And like, I'm like punching the wall and stuff oh. like that. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. You don't get it unless you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, it's funny because I had I had a very clear idea of a memory I was going to share, but you boys bringing those other games up has kind of triggered memories I have of those games. Um, so I'm going to jump about a wee bit here. But first of all, my, my favourite memory was a game, I think it was 2004 or 2005. We beat the Huns 1-0 at Celtic Park and Chris Sutton scored the winner with the very last kick of the ball. It was a kind of curving shot into the top corner over the goalkeeper. Um, last kick of the ball, beat them 1-0. But at that time, my dad and I were actually working at Celtic Park because my dad's company had the catering contract for all the pie stalls. So we are like kind of walking around the stadium, just checking on all the units. And we were literally walking right in front of the Huns just as that goal went in. <laughs> like the looks of absolute desolation in that crowd. And my dad and I are like, we're trackside, right? And the Huns are just in front of us. And we're like, we really want to cheer, but we can't. We're like, no, no, no. And then we ran around the corner where nobody could see us. And we started like, yes! (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. But, you know, you're talking about that, um, about the 98 New Year game, the one with the Paul Lambert goal, right? We watched that in the house. And I remember we had our our neighbours from next door, the Campbells, this really nice, but a bit mental Irish family that lived across the landing from us. They came in to watch the game with us. And they were nice guys, but they were all very kind of like properly spoken, sort of very sort of typical sort of Irish Catholic family. But whenever the derby was on, it was just every second word was an F word, right? They just they just went went for it completely. So we're all effing and blinding and shouting at the game. And I'm I'm about twelve at the time, so I'm trying to be like kind of no, wait a minute, I was fifteen at the time, so I'm sitting there trying to be like kind of quiet and polite, you know, because the neighbours are in, and everybody's really tense because there's like maybe fifteen minutes to go. Celtic are winning one nothing, but it's edgy. And just at that, our cat walks right into the middle of the room, like where everybody can see her, lies on her back and starts licking her nether regions, right? <laughs> like, tongue right in there, going at it. And uh, the uh, everyone's kind of like, what do you say, right? And one of, one of my neighbours, old Mr. Campbell, he tries and sort of break the tension, he just goes, oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> My my dad said, give her a sardine, she might let you. (laughs) God. And then um, talking about the 6-2 game and all, I remember that because, again, watching it in the house, but um, we had about five or six of my mates from high school came over. And I think four of us were Celtic fans and two of them were Huns, right? And, of course, before the game, they were all like, oh, we're going to smash you today, no bother. You know, Dick Advocate's army, here we go. 
with every goal they went in, these two boys slid further and further down the couch till they were just about horizontal by the time the sixth goal went in. It was absolutely beautiful. And of course, as they're leaving, one of, my, one of my mates, James, he's like, oh, well, I'm a Clyde supporter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, so many memories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, for me, it's a um, bit of a tough one. Been all the way over here, not having actually physically been at a um, Glasgow derby, so I'll leave it at that. I've only really watched them at the CSC. So memories, people you, you're having beers with, beer showers, getting covered in all sorts of uh, stuff, yeah, good time. But, yeah, um, just recent memory bias I'll go with and just go the um, the Musa perfect hat-trick. Mm. Thought that was amazing, amazing goals where he announced himself to the Celtic support. So, yeah, those are some good recent memories. You guys have touched on a few other things I was going to say. So let's just push on to a general chat about the game. So um, we'll start with you, John. What do you think we're going to see on the weekend? Uh, what formation and starting lineup do you reckon we'll come up with? Um, well, I think I – think- Look, I think first thing, it's a we have to win it. We haven't we haven't beat them this year or in the last three games, whatever it was. Um, so it is it is a win, and they'll they'll be out to um, rub salt in the wound for sure. They they're not they they're not going to field like fucking subs or a B team. They they also want to go for an invincible season, so we ain't got to fucking stop that for sure. Um, I think it's going to be tough. I think they're playing really well, and we're playing fucking shit. So I think it's going to take some. Re- we're going to have to really um, turn up and and you know get get a result. I don't think a draw is going to cut it. It, it doesn't cut it because we've got to stop the in- their invincible season. Um, formation wise, look. I mean, I formation wise, I think um, I don't think we really know what's the best. Um, I think we should stick with the um, 4-4-2 diamond. Um, I still think that it's going to be the same basic setup. I think we should probably play Griff and Eddie up front. Um, I think we need players that understand uh, the day and are up for it. And even if Griff comes off 60 minutes, fucking bring... Speed in El Unusi or Ayeti or whoever, and but Forest, fuck it, whoever it doesn't really matter. We just need players that um, understand the event. So yeah, same same sort of. Bain's going to be in goal. Uh, same back four. I think Laxalt will play instead of Taylor, but um, I think that's kind of like a. That's probably the only one that's really going to change. I don't think Rodrick's going to play. I think he's going to play Turnbull and Chrissy, Christie and all of that. Um, and I'm and, and I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be a two-one win. That's what that, that's what I want anyway. It could easily turn up to be a one-one, nil-nil, whatever, something like that. Another question without notice: How many cardworthy tackles is Morelos going to get away with before he? <laughs> uh, a few, <laughs> for sure. See, I'll I'll be. I mean, Scott Brown's going to play a hundred percent. This is probably going to be his last Celtic Rangers game. No, no, there's one after the split. Oh, there's one after the split. Oh, yeah, right, okay, yeah. Um, well, he's going to play for sure. I, I just there you go. 
Huh? Last one in Celtic Park. Last one, I last one, yeah, yeah. Last one in Celtic Park, yeah. Um, I can't fucking have Morelos scoring a goal. I can't have it. <laughs> it's just gonna, it's just gonna hurt me too much. So he needs to be fucking sent off. Just get Brown to wind him up to the point that he gets fucking sent off again. It needs to happen. That's probably going to be Brown's only mission in the game, really. Brown's <laughs> yeah. like, wait, is there a football out here? I don't know. I'm just, just following this Colombian about and winding him up. He's not the first guy's region to follow a Colombian about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I think, yeah. I don't think there'll be any surprises uh, tactically or selection-wise. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Turnbull reacts to not being included in the Scotland squad. Because that's literally his chance of going to the Euros is basically cooked if he's not in this squad uh, next week. Um, if somebody gets injured, they might get called up. But if you're behind the likes of John Fleck and uh, Kenny McLean, what chance uh, in the next six games? I'd say none. Um, I think we need to remember we're focused on the Scottish Cup for the rest of the year. But I still want to see some passion. Uh, I'm not talking Barry Robson levels of passion where you elbow Christian Daly in the face in the first 30 seconds and know you're going to get away with it because it's the first tackle of the game kind of thing like that doesn't really wash in the modern game uh, but I do want to see like shoulders and hips and hard tackles and you know n- nothing that's going to get you a red card but you know something that's going to let them know get them going away with bruises and um, look if if uh if a hard hip challenge results in someone snapping a fibula or an ACL and being out for the next year, then, you know, so be it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but not, not just for that reason. Like, uh, I, I think that they, to stay, to stay solvent, they need to sell someone for eight figures in the summer. And uh, if we can harm that transfer value, either by making them look crap or by hurting them, then, that's only going to advantage us. Yep. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon the uh, score prediction will be? 1-1. One, one. Mm. What about you, Liam? What are you thinking? Right. Um, historically, if you look back at it over the years, in both incarnations of the Huns, um, there's been more occasions when a poor Celtic team has been able to Sorry, more instances where a poor Rangers team has beaten a good Celtic team just out of sheer spite. And it doesn't happen as often with Celtic. But I think we're overdue a win. It sounds stupid, but the logic to me is it doesn't often happen, so it should happen now, is kind of what I'm going with. Um, I think we're going to beat them 2-0. And I think there will be at least one red card for each team. I could see Brown and Morelos getting sent off potentially. Because I think they'll be, they'll, they'll be all blood and snorters wanting to kill us off early. When we get a goal, they'll lose the plot. One of them will get red carded. The referee will try and balance it up by like, giving them a dodgy penalty or something um, and red carding one of our players. And we'll end up 10 men each. We'll beat them 2 0. That's my prediction. Well, if that's the case, Brown and Morelos going off somehow, I think that, that would affect them. More, yeah. However, Morelos doesn't score against us, so mm. in a normal situation, it would affect them more. But until he's scored a goal against us, I don't see it being much of a 
much of a muchness there. No. Mm. You still can win penalties and get near bit on sent off. Yeah. Aye, what is that? <laughs> we'll try and just buy a can't win penalties though. That's the real question. Yeah, they're, they're six games away from going through a full season without conceding a penalty. Without giving away a penalty. They haven't got a red card yet either. Is that right? Or two two retroactive ones, that's it. Yeah, and Gerard. That's right. But he doesn't count. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, I'm thinking starting lineup will be pretty much normal. I think we're going to end up with like a 4 2 3 1 formation, which is what Kennedy's been playing. Edward up front, uh, Christie out wide right. I think we'll start Alanusi out left. Um, Turnbull in the middle there. Kelmack, and I hope it's Sorrow, not Brown, because Sorrow and McGregor work much better together. Backline, keep it how it's been. Um, Taylor, Kenny, Aya, and um, and Welsh. Then we might see a, a little surprise. I think uh, Barkas will play the game the rest of the season. Six. Nah. I think they've got to give him a run to see what you've got. So. I don't know. I'm just not a massive Scott Bain fan, so it doesn't matter how good form he's in for me. He should always be dropped. He's a career backup, not a starter at Celtic level. Celtic win. One of you just touched on it earlier about Turnbull and how he's going to play after the uh, Scotland snub. If I'm going off into crazy land, he'll score a hat trick. We'll win 4-1. But but realistically, I'm thinking it'll be a nervy 1-0 that will We'll get the early goal and, yeah, somehow we'll hang on. I think what's more likely is Turnbull gets no change against Kamara and ends up subbed after an hour. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Do you think we'll have a game where one team doesn't have a fucking single shot on target again? Possible. It is fucking possible, yeah. (laughs) Well, Christy's out there. Half his shots will end up in row Z, so... Mm. Yeah, that'll make it easier. So yeah, that's um, be interesting to see if the game goes ahead. Fingers crossed, we actually front up and play properly for once, and um, give them a give them a quality game, and hopefully pick up three points. Yep. Yeah. Now, Liam's question from earlier on: If we had a celebrity. To buy into Celtic, who would it be? I'll start with you, Sean. Who would you want and why? Well, who would I want or who would it be? Yeah, either or. Oh, um, who would it be? Probably Jerry Adams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who would I want? Probably Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, both both would be good crack, I think, you know. Right, let's get them in together. Jerry Adams and Jeff Bezos, the ultimate dream team. Oh. Jerry and Jeff. Sounds like some yeah. sort of you know, singing, having a sing-song on Paddy's Day. <laughs> what do you want, Liam? Right. Um, hmm. I was going to say Elon Musk. Now, on a personal level, I think Elon Musk, Elon Musk is a prick. I don't like the guy, right? But He's quite a vengeful, vindictive bastard. And you can just imagine Rangers annoying him and he turns Ibrooks into a toxic waste dump or something just to prove a point, you know? Because <laughs> he's got the money to literally buy and sell anybody he wants. So 
Just imagine some hun makes a mistake of upsetting him on Twitter. Next minute, Ibrooks gets demolished, you know, and turned into a spaceport. <laughs> <laughs> so, aye, I think, I think it'd be quite funny if he was on the board, because um, I think there'd be a return to the Fergus McCann days of taking no shit from anybody, which is what I think we need right now. <laughs> yeah. I said mine a little earlier, because of the, all the pitches bouncing around, Snoop Dogg, because... <laughs> You know, they've been, as we were talking off air, no need for flares in the stadium. It'll just be the gun, just smoke everywhere. <laughs> Every week would sell out of uh, of meat pies and chips and everything because of the munchies. You'd make crazy amounts of cash on the uh, on the concession stands. So it's a good little fundraiser for us as a club as well. So happy days. Isn't he Snip Lion though? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, so he's him with lesbian lines. Okay. <laughs> And uh, John, you were telling us you had a belter, so here you go, drum roll. Well, I think it's very apt, and it's actually a couple. I think Harry Windsor and Meghan Markle. They're no longer, <laughs> no longer royals. <laughs> Get them involved. <laughs> oh, they've got a few, Bob. <laughs> well, like, maybe not. <laughs> it's like, how much uh, yeah. is off the Queen and fell the Greek? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, uh, expect his name's ever mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> so power couple, get him involved, everyone. <laughs> all right, so what we'll do is we'll just uh, leave the podcast there. I uh, hope you all enjoyed the episode. Come on, the Celtic, let's get a win on the weekend. So, if you're on Facebook, please like our Facebook page and join our Facebook group, at Celtic Down Under, Instagram, and Twitter at Celtic Down. The website you can check out Sean and Liam's article, so CelticDownUnder.com. And yeah, other than that, hope you all have a great St. Patrick's Day. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Sanchevar. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.